expectations of life that you're afraid to express, it becomes an impression that everybody around you is rejecting you. And then now you're depressed because the only thing that's happening is they're confirming the very thing that you said about yourself. You feel that you're not enough. You feel like you're not valuable. You feel like you're invisible. You feel like people don't care about you. Like you feel all of those things. And because of that, now I'm depressed because the world is just reflecting the very message that I put inside of my brain. Um, and that literally has to do with everything that we talk about, even tonight's topic, because it's in your brain, you don't realize that there is more plays that's going on in you. You're going to continue to have this impression of life that's literally a false reality. And then now you're depressed, blaming the world, but it's really you. It's really you. So coming to take over <laughs> on the foundation is the fit guys. All right. And look, we also hey, have yo, a special, I'm excited. We also have a special guest, Dr. Inke. What's up, Doc? What's going on, family? Peace to the Queens. Peace to you, big bro. Uh happy to be here. All right. So it's the Queen Cypher. Fit goddess, sex, wool health, sexual health, chakras, and spirituality. You ready to run this? You ready to run this? Woo. <laughs> yeah, it's been that kind of night, yeah. <laughs> one of those things. One of those things. Well, yo, you can start the girls' trip. Me and Doc Inky are here just to hang out and watch and drop a jewel here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We in the back. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and what's crazy is we're on the top. So once again, the queens are the foundation. That's how the Nile River flow from south to north. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So sex, chakras, and spirituality. And look, Dr. Inky, I know that you have a... Uh, a war against the idea of chakras. So we're going to have to get into that a little later on, but fit goddess. Hmm. Well, this topic is very, very uh, sensitive for me and, and very emotional just because it's how I healed myself. Like in fitness, I learned that everything comes from the foundation. You know what I mean? Everything comes from our base. And if we ourselves aren't healed at our core, everything's going to go kind of haywire, especially with women, um, because we are so in-depth. And I mean that in every way of the term. In-depth, you mean that every way? Correct. All right, I, I don't get it. Maybe it's the testosterone in me. <laughs> Go ahead and preach and teach on that. What do you mean? What do you mean? So uh, another way said, right, men are the plug and we're the outlet. We are the receiver. So the depth of which I receive is only dependent upon my internal universe, which is where every bad man is trying to get to. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to inseminate the universe, plant the star seed, and then allow it to develop and make a nation. Get it now, the in-depth. 
okay, now you're talking about sex. I, I get that. <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. Uh, Doc Inky, man, does this make sense to you? Because it just made sense to me. It made sense to me both times. I I, I caught it, and she she's she you know she's giving it to us on a surface level with the with the sexual interpretation. But I, I see where you know it's I, I see how she layered that. That's that's not just sexual. She she layered that. You know she 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 playing with the words. She you know she's showing that she can articulate to multiple audiences at one time. She you know she's she's nurturing us right now. She's nurturing us. Indeed. It's all good. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Indeed. So uh, I'm going to let you sisters just talk it out and we're going to sit back, learn and chop in every so often. No doubt. Yeah. But Seiko, I do have somebody that should be in the waiting room. Uh, either that I need her in here, too, because she's definitely part of the conversation. Um, so, sis, tell me about your your aspect, your thought process on sex and chakras and spirituality. Absolutely. Um, I remember maybe about two or three years ago, I was having a conversation with another queen and she literally shifted my entire perspective. She mm. was like, your womb has its own mind. And that's really where we birthed everything from. So our thoughts start down there. Um, and when you don't heal that space, it's really difficult for your mind's eye to see anything because you create with your yoni, you mm. know. And when she explained that to me, it made me realize how we have demonized something that is so natural to us. So when we're even having conversations like this, most people may look at me and be like, oh, you really going to have this conversation? Yes. Why wouldn't I? You know, it's, it's not a, a demonizing thing. It's not something that we shouldn't talk about. Heck, she's a part of me, right? Um, so that's for me, I think, as a mental health professional, I try to tell people all the time, you know, we'll talk about being victimized. We'll talk about people taking advantage of us, but we won't mm -hmm. talk about the naturalness of how we're supposed to cultivate sexual experiences with ourselves first. Now, before somebody says something, that's the natural part. If you know any kid, as soon as you change their diaper, where do they hand go? They trying to self-exploration. So it's, it's that space of we really have to understand that our yoni is where we create. That's our creative juices. That's what make women innovative. But if we don't take the time out, like you say, to heal ourselves, whether it's chakra brace, whether it's Reiki base, whether you're going to pray it out, I don't care. Whatever it is, you need to make sure that that space, you and her, actually have a relationship because without that relationship then what ends up happening when you introduce masculine energy into that space they can't go very deep Ooh. proverbially or uh factually just asking all of it all of it because you have to think about it like the only way that intimacy can be intimacy is you have to cultivate that space now, I'm not mm -hmm. telling you to go and explore and all. No, like, I, I need you to get your mind out of gutter. This is not a rated X conversation. This is a rated person conversation. So when we're sitting here and we're talking about the inter depths and core, I need to know who she is. I need to know what makes her, what breaks her. I need to know what pleasure is. I need to know what intimacy really is. If I can't even cultivate that, if I can't even tell my kids that this is a vagina, then we need to start at square one. 
you know, even, even that space there, because when we're talking about our chakras and healing and because I do Reiki, I do, you know, the chakra work and things like that. And then we bring into the aspect of spirituality. You know, I tell people all the time, especially because I'm a Christian. So let's put that out there. But people don't want to have this conversation. But I say, why do you think they used to get married at 13, 14 years old? Because they knew that your body was ready for that space. They didn't think about marriage in the sense that we think about marriage, having all of your, you know, bills paid and debt paid down and all these. No, it was your body's ready. Go get married. You know, so like really we need to have a real live conversation. So I'm excited to be here tonight. That's my take on this whole thing. Um, and I just want to say thank you for listening, y'all. Ashe. So, you know, something I should have did, but tell everybody who you are, because I know you personally. So I can jump into a conversation and be like, Yeah, hey sis. But the the whole YouTube world doesn't know who you are um, or why we should be listening to you. I feel like we should be listening to you for a different reason. But again, I know who you are. So speak to us real quick about who you are. Absolutely. Well, my name is Malira. Some people know me as your favorite therapist. Some people, your confidence coach. I'm just a servant of God. Um, I am a licensed clinical social worker by trade. And currently, I really do serve as a certified complex trauma professional. Um, so I like to tell people how to thrive after trauma. Um, because sometimes we get stuck at our trauma space, but you're only a victim in the moment of trauma. Um, so I do a lot with psychotherapy. I'm a coach. Um, I train literally like anything dealing with people. That is what I do. Um, and I'm going currently going to get my PhD in organizational leadership because I want to change um, people's mindset in the corporate world because um, I feel like we spend so much time on our jobs, but leadership is falling apart, which is causing us to fall apart. Um, so that is a little bit about the lot that I do. <laughs> <laughs> Ashay, I absolutely love it. So we had a couple of pinpoints, right? Um, hold on, I open my thing. I got it. My, I had to turn to my phone because I told you I couldn't hear you. So I had to switch and do my phone. So now I'm operating weirdly from my computer and my phone. No worries. But, so tell me about what you know about your root chakra. Man, your root chakra is everything. That's kind of like you're we're like a tree. That's your roots. You know, without that, you're not gonna be able to get no nutrients. So when it comes to the root chakra, it is the space that sets our foundation. And a lot of that is built in our childhood. A lot of that is built in our experiences. And what we have to understand is when that is off balance, everything else is going to be off balance. I think we do a lot when it comes to our heart chakras because we talk about relationships and engaging in people. We talk about our third eye and our crown chakra, our intelligence, how we see our spirituality. But we don't take a lot of time to ask, what are you rooted in? What are you grounded in? What's your foundation? And everybody's foundation is going to be different. You know, each one of us probably have different belief systems, different background, different specialties, but it doesn't discount the tree that we are or the fruit that we bear. Um, so that is my take on your root chakra. That's literally where your whole entire life and existence is based out of. And if you don't do what you need to do to heal that space, you're going to be stuck at your root and can't go up anywhere else. Hmm. Most definitely. Now, as an individual, as a sister, I always like to tell other women how I've healed my root chakra. So before I start, because you've been talking, um, I want to ask you what you've done to heal your root chakra. 
Oh, definitely. Peace and blessings. So I started out maybe about almost six years ago now. Um, my husband and I, we had completely stepped away from the church and I started on my African spirituality journey. And there was this queen named Lovey. Shout out to her, Lovey uh, Bradley. And we had like this sister group, the sister healing circle. And a lot of us had different traumas. So we would meet once a week and we just chopped it up. We talked about our childhood. We talked about what was going on and all of that. Um, not only did we have that group when we moved into our new home, she actually traveled from out of the state to come. And that was my first time ever having Reiki live. Um, so she blessed my house. She saged it. She rooted me, grounded me. Um, and that really helped me out a whole lot. And I remember the release, like it was a sound, like I literally had this humongous sound when she got down to my root chakra. And because I was new to this space, I didn't know what the heck she was doing. Um, but it really helped. And then from there, it was like, then I went on the journey of becoming a Reiki master. And I started learning, okay, how can I heal myself? How can I show up for myself? If I'm a spiritual being, how do I go into my soul and not just with prayer and and all of these things, which are great. I love God, all of that. But in that moment, it was like, this is what I needed. Um, and I also did therapy. Um, so my whole thing was before I could become a therapist, I wanted to be a client first. So I went mm -hmm. and I started doing what is called EMDR. So it's eye movement desensitization um, uh, therapy. And they go through all of your trauma. You rewrite your childhood stories. Um, I've actually did a Why My Mom project. So I told my story about me and my mother. We have a, a wonderful relationship, but there were some things that she missed. Um, so being able to like share my story and heal from that. So those are the things that I've done to kind of heal my root chakra. Ooh, I absolutely love it. Now, see, I didn't know about the EMDR. That's that's new for me. I'm, I'm over here typing in Why My Mom project. I've seen a lot more now in vending as a, a fitness coach women who are like, yo, I'm not trying to talk about my mom, but I also need to share this information because this is a thing. And even though it's a thing, you can still exist. You can still uh, survive. You can still be a functioning, happy individual in this world and not, you know, you can still receive because women are supposed to be receptors. Uh, for me, I took dance to kind of release that root chakra. For me, it was more physical fitness. Um, it was at the end of a relationship for me. Uh, my ex was like, yo, you know, you don't have any goals. I looked at my journal. And I was like, oh, I said I should lose weight. So let's do it. You know what I mean? And in that I lost a hundred pounds, but a lot of what I did was dancing. Thank you. And now the number's up to two. You know what I'm saying? Flux. We just gonna keep tallying the number up. <laughs> but um, I remember feeling on the dance floor like, yo, who is this? Who is this versus who is that? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? A, a separation, even though I know that this is the same person because she is always this way. Like she exists within me, but I couldn't. And I started saying to myself, well, how do I, how do I get her and her to be one together? So it kind of got, I lost a whole bunch of weight got very, very slender. And again, side note, women's strength training is the way to go. Cardio is great, right? Dancing is awesome. Don't not dance. However, strength training is going to do the thing that's going to give you longevity. Side note, right? Um, 
And in losing the weight, I was still mentally in that place. I couldn't break free of that stronghold um, that wouldn't allow me to be the central version of myself without feeling sexual. And that, again, fitness helped me break down the muscles and why we do this. And now as a, as a trainer, I'm like, yo, I know you like the aesthetic. However, comma, like this comes from that. Right. And like I said, for me, dancing was very freeing, starting with the root chakra and opening the hips. I tell a lot of women, if your hips are tight, that's anxiety, that's stress, that's, you know, that's going to cause you disaster and pain later on in life because you won't allow yourself to bend and be flexible and pliable, which, you know, you can play on words and make it really explicit, or you can just realize that your body is meant to stretch and grow and expand. Hence why we're the ones that give birth and have children. We can go from looking like sheesh. We've seen those women, right? Their bellies are extended with human life. And then, you know, after nine months or sometimes sooner, it's like it never happened. <laughs> they get that sexy back. however that's only if you're taking care of yourself and like you said that that trauma you know if we as mothers realize how much we give to our children before they're even born just simply by living the lives that we choose to live that life force is within us you know and if we I'm trying to think of the best words. Uh, in slavery, they said the the the, the predicament of the child followed the mother. It's true. Yeah. We made it negative, but it's true. The healthier I eat, the healthier my children are predisposed to eat because that's what they're used to. I remember when I was pregnant with my son, I remember seeing a picture of this mother. She was nursing, but her breast was a Coke bottle. And then they had like, you know, whatever the name brand chips and stuff were kind of scattered around the image. And the baby was just, you know, lethargic. It wasn't, the eyes were kind of dull. It was weird, you know, as a mother to be like, oh my God, is that, is that what's happening? Yeah. Well, I so even, go based ahead. On what you, based on what you just said. And somebody's going to say I'm blaming sisters again. Um, <laughs> we have a high propensity for diabetes. We have a high propensity for anxiety. We have a high propensity for being overweight. You know, and I'm speaking to myself as I'm asking the question. Should that be placed in part on the way that our mothers raised us? I would say yes and no, only because like we got to understand our history. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we do a lot of like being afraid to talk about slavery because we want to talk about how far away we are from it. But reality is we got what we had. We got what we had access to. Um, and even now, like with being a mom and as she was talking, like I remember certain phases where Dollar Tree was where we were shopping at. So 
that's all we had, you know? So it's, it's really being able to get to a point where instead of placing blame, we need to talk about what we call Maslow hierarchy of needs. Everybody has basic needs that need to be met. And there's so many things that sometimes hinder people from meeting that need. That's not necessarily an excuse because we are, we do have some people that got money and they still eat whatever they want to eat. Um, so it really just goes down to, we number one, got to know our history. Why do we have certain eating habits? Why do we do certain things? And then not being afraid to do something different and breaking that. I, I think that's where it really comes from. So like, for example, I was the first mom to breastfeed in my family. So they had no idea. So I'm sitting here and Wait, I got what? Same. the first mother on both sides, my husband's family and my family who breastfed. So when you came to my house, they was like, why your boobs out? Because they're when, when are you going to stop this? When so, are you going to give them formula? Uh, that don't good. So those things I feel like it's deeper than just moms. I think that we have been so uneducated that now that as we're becoming educated, it got to be deeper than I'm eating this way because I want to be a certain size rather than I'm eating this way because I want to fuel my body with something that's actually going to give me longevity. Like Correct. I think. The, the issue is the connotation, the messaging behind our food, the messaging behind what's presented to us, the messaging behind some people can only uh, afford the $3.50 bundle at McDonald's because they can't afford that $10 pack of eggs. You know, let's talk about that, too. Um, or, you know, for me, I know at one point when I had Anaya, I was completely vegan. And hmm. I was vegan for a long time. Then I switched to vegetarian. Then I became Presbyterian. And the reason why I did that is because I had the gastric sleeve. So the, don't ask. Don't, just it's a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Presbyterian. <laughs> that that's the, the food stuff when you eat the seafood, right? Presbyterian. So, oh, Presbyterian. Yes. I, I thought I heard Presbyterian. <laughs> you probably did. I listen, I'm a social worker. I'm not a, a, a English person. So here we go. Um, but what I was sharing it was I had to end up learning as well. For me, I had the sleeve. So that way of eating didn't help me. I was actually literally like dying on the inside because I wanted to follow a certain diet. So it's deeper than this food is right. This food is wrong. Eat this way. Eat that way. Like it's, it's, it goes way deeper than that. I feel like we just need to change the connotation behind it. Understanding that certain body types need certain things, certain blood types need certain foods, certain it's, it's a lot to it. So it's deeper than just blaming a mom. Correct. Thank you. That like, we get that a lot. And yes, there is a high responsibility on the mother because of the precious jewel that she holds. However, comma, there is it takes two to tango so somebody must be protecting this incubator which is what we turn into for nine months while we do our due diligence because i may not be able to walk i may not be able to do anything other than you help me put food into my mouth so that myself and this child can live mm -hmm. so at that point how is it how can the mother be held accountable when she's not even in control of herself anymore Dr. so Inky. What's say you? <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm not in charge tonight. <laughs> no, 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 Fit no. Goddess is in charge tonight. Fit Goddess, can we? No, nah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I would like to hear. Sis and I are saying that it's accountability. You know, it's it's 
the whole everybody. It's not a woman problem. It's a community problem. Ooh, that's interesting. Now, the reason I want to bring Doc Inky in is one of his areas of expertise, not his only, but one of his areas of expertise deals with health. He has his campaign, Diabetes versus Melanin. And one of the things that he's bringing to the forefront is how our environment, how we're eating, and somehow of how of our relationships impact our DNA. Is that correct, brother? I don't want to speak yeah, for you. No, 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 no. You 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 on target. Um, I would just say um you know, we go back to the basics in terms of supreme wisdom or uh, if, if people are familiar with that, but knowledge is where it starts at. So I would say that, you know, 50 percent of the accountability, I wouldn't put any blame on the children. Mm-mm. I would say that the mom is accountable and I would say dad is accountable, period. You know, this is just you got to divide the blame up between the two of them. Um but there's a space where we move from lack of knowledge to ignoring and overlooking knowledge. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we've been exposed to things and we we overlook it, we discount it, you know, and we make excuses. The number one excuse is like affordability. You know, affordability never plays a role really in what it is that a person's eating in terms of nutrition, because the most expensive food that you put on your plate is going to be the meat. The most expensive food that you put on your plate is going to be the processed food. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the basic fruits, the basic vegetables, grains are the least expensive items in the supermarket. Um, so yeah, I, I would say the blame just comes down to lack of knowledge. And, and to some extent, it does go back to the historical narrative sister brought up earlier, because um, I'm Haitian, you know, and a lot of the Haitian history is intertwined deeply with sugar. You know, that's the hidden monster that, you know, when people think back to uh, the slavery time period, whether we identify with slaves or prisoners of war or forced labor, however we see it, it was about the production of sugar. The movies have enforced this idea on people where slaves were picking cotton, but that wasn't it. It was always about sugar. Sugar was the main thing. The Haitian Revolution was about the Haitians being tired of dying um, on the sugar plantation. And so that's why the whole Haitian Revolution popped off, because Haiti was largely a sugar plantation. Then they moved it to Cuba and then from there to uh, the south where, you know, Louisiana, I think it is. And and so um, but they realized uh, that black people lasted the longest in the sugar fields which was an average of about five five to seven years. That's how long you could live in the sugar plantation. That's how dangerous sugar is for the body. And um, yeah, I, I, I'll end it there because I could get long-winded, but it's, it's really knowledge. It comes down to knowledge and, and knowing how to balance what it is that your body needs. You know, that's why my book is not eat right for your blood type, but eat right for your haplotype. 
You need to eat right based on who you are. I think sister also uh, touched on that as well. Individual people have individual needs. Now, I don't identify with gastric sleeve. I'm just ignoring that like that. I didn't hear gastric sleeve, but because um, that's not necessarily an intrinsic human need. But um, yeah, each individual person definitely has their own dietary needs. And I think people need to be able to structure what it is that they're eating based on what their lifestyle is. You know, your, 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 your calorie intake, you know, all of the different things need to need to be structured around what it is that you do every day. What's your goal in life? What's your target? How, what's your activity level? And, and all of those different things have to be taken into consideration. Yeah. So, so brother Inky, what does this have to do with spirituality, sexual health, and chakras? And then I want to spin it right back to Queen Fit Goddess, who's really in charge of the show tonight. <laughs> We are having a, uh, this is a Switzerland uh, situation. There's a ceasefire on the chakras. <laughs> you are not getting me to get in the ring with these ladies on chakras. They've had um, some experiences with, with chakras and being able to use that nomenclature and the symbolism to fit into their uh, psycho and emotional uh, traumatic rehabilitation and been able to do some things with that so that's over there we, i'm not discussing chakras but i would say in terms of uh sexual health i would say nutrition is the driver of sexual health you know a lot of relationships um they break up because of poor sex and a lot of times what they're blaming on poor sex is actually poor sexual hygiene and i don't mean like not being clean i just mean you know like, for instance, if sisters are dehydrated, they're not going to have an orgasm. Like, it's just that simple. So you have a lot of sisters drink coffee all day or green tea or soda. And then, you know, they they're using rabbits, you know, zzz, desensitizing their clitoris. And then, you know, they're not able to get where they need to go. So that could become problematic. You know, a lot of brothers ignore the warning signs of waking up early in the morning without their wood saluting. They go to the doctor. The doctors tell them, oh, don't worry. It's normal as you age when that's not normal ever. Every day, whether you are seven years old or 70 years old, when you wake up in the morning, you know, your program is supposed to be at attention. You know what I'm saying? And if you ignore that <laughs> over time, the problem only gets worse. No, no, no. It's serious because right now what the brothers don't know, and I guess I'm giving the sisters ammunition, but, you know, we, we, <laughs> No, 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 seriously, because we critique the sisters. Well, some of us. I don't. I'm going to be honest. I like fake booties and real booties. I like what well, the fake boobs got to be really well done. I don't like that under the yeah, that, But I don't mind a little, you know, a little synthetic is cool with me. You know, it's but what I'm saying is the brothers now have fake penises. And a lot of women don't really know about the fact that men, a lot of men have fake penises. Even men that's married can go get a fake penis and their wife not know. Like, so you could be in a relationship with a guy five years or whatever. You don't even know he got a fake penis because on the outside it's real. But 
you know, is hollowed out. And on the inside, he got, uh, you know, it's like a little machine. Hollowed there, out? <laughs> that, that just yeah. hurt him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, but the crazy thing is it starts with ignoring the fact that you're not getting hard early in the morning. And then mm -hmm. from there, the brothers make it worse by taking those herbs that they don't understand. Okay, because they think they're doing better than Viagra by taking the herbal options. But a lot of the herbs that's out there for uh, quote unquote circulation and to help your, you know, your, your, your hard ons, the people putting those herbs together don't know nothing about herbs. Most of them are Google searching like Google herbs for circulation. Then they just wholesale that shit off Amazon and mix it together and sell it to folks. They don't realize that your penis just like the clitoris, you know, you got small capillaries that feed in the blood into those areas. And because those areas are so precious, there's a filtration system in place. So if the blood is not getting to those areas, it's because the body is blocking that nasty, sugary, toxic blood off from getting into those areas. And then they go buy herbs from goofballs that don't know what they're doing. But they done looked up something on the internet and now they force circulation. They force blood flow, whether they're using Viagra or they're using these herbs to push blood into the penis. And when you do that, you're pushing the sugars and all the toxins and all those other things in there. So over time, your penis issues just get worse and worse and worse. And so after, you know, five, 10 years of substitutes, you get to a point where now the, the, the sugars and those things are in those small areas and the tissue starts to rot. So now you're in a space where you can't get a hard on. Even if you take two Viagras or you take a half a bottle of herbs, it don't matter. That okay. thing ain't going to get up. So now you got to go to the doc and the doc is just going to give you a pro, uh, you know, a replacement. Right, right. Yeah. Ink, ink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring that to the sisters, though. <laughs> yeah. How does how does that impact? <laughs> I mean, I understand it does impact a lot of ladies when when um that can't happen. But does that same well, thing when they happen get the with fake the sisters? program? The ladies love it. <laughs> when they get the fake program, the ladies love it. So I don't know what you mean how it affects the sisters. They, they, they like. Like, babe, you are what is going on with you, babe? You just so you know, you're just going on and on forever. Like, your thing is amazing, but you know, it's yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a cyborg program, you know, it's not a you know, oh it's my goodness. <laughs> All right, I so bringing this back, <laughs> bringing this back to uh, sexual health, chakras, and spirituality. <laughs> I guess you say, oh god, a lot, so that that's the <laughs> <sighs> and Queen Malira is doing her best just to hold that pretty smile and just be like nice and cordial. And she says, she's like, this this train is off the tracks. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm weak because my husband absolutely loves Minister Inky. So I'm just waiting to get off of the thing to try to figure out what his thoughts are because he met him. How long ago was that? A while ago. So I'm just like taking it in and I'm like, wait a minute. Cause I was like, is this the same Minister Inky you talking about? Cause my moment and everything. So I'm more of like trying not to get on like the, oh my God, I'm on. The That's where I'm at right now. So I'm listening. Okay. Oh, you trying to be girl. 
I'm I'm listening, but I'm also going to answer the question I think you were trying to get to, Seiko. How does it impact a woman? At the end yeah. of the day, you need sex to connect. Like, mm. the same way Queen said, you know, we're that outlet and you're the plug. If you're not connecting with that person that you are intimate with, that you're in relationship with, it's going to, something's not going to be there. It's going to be a disconnection. So if the male is not functioning properly and the female is not functioning properly, then we ain't doing something right. And I think a lot of us have so much sexual trauma. And again, that's my background. So that's the thing that I can really talk about. We have so much sexual trauma that we have not dealt with. And then when it do kind of show up, sometimes it's either too late or you got to have a real conversation. Are we going to continue to do temporary? Or are we going to do permanent? And we're going to switch, you know, switch it up. So I think the way that it impacts us is as females and for males, we need to have the knowledge that Minister Inky was up here dropping because I don't think anybody's ever had that conversation. Not for males. We talk about women all the time. You know, we know about Viagra for men, but we don't know what it's really for or why they're having issues and problems. Because like you said, you go to the doctor and the doctor just say, here's the pill and I got you, you know, but nobody's really having that conversation of the the intricacies of it so for women because i can't talk about men i don't have you know what you got um but for women we need to start really preparing and and knowing how to take care of her um and that's from yoni steaming um that's from making sure we have not just a probiotic but a prebiotic and now you have a prebiotic probiotic with cranberry and fruits in it like we need to start to take care of ourselves we need to understand like what's really going on when we do have sex with people like their soul ties are real um when you're connecting with people and you're plugging in with whoever they plugged in before is now plugged into you and you looking at your kid like why they acting like the guy that i dated all these years ago is because you connected with them so i feel like we really do need to have this conversation um it is a serious conversation and i think that we need to stop like I said, demonizing something that is natural to the human body. Like this is a natural conversation. We all have the same parts um, that want to do the same things, but we need to do a better job taking care of it. So whether that's the stuff that we eat, the things that we indulge in for women, it's great for us to eat yogurt every day because that helps with her too. Like knowing the little small things that we can do to make us more physically available to be sexually available it starts with the physical i absolutely love that you said that physically available to be sexually available right because for women and a lot of women will say this that great sex requires emotional arousal like you can't just come over and tweak nipples and and, and you know what i'm saying and get me going you've got to like you said make a connection so since we got the brother's attention, since we got the attention of, of get on code, what, what things can you suggest for women, one, to increase their own sexual uh, emotional arousal, as well as maybe be more available to be aroused by their partner? You said for the men, or you want me to answer that? Go ahead, man. Thank you. For both. Okay. I, I would just say, honestly, um, uh, for me, it's conversation. Um, for me, it's conversation. I think some of it needs to be a little dirty, but um, 
I think that foreplay gets devolved down to oral sex, you know, whether it's a man giving a woman oral sex or a woman giving a man oral sex. I think that foreplay is constant um, staying in touch and just those little compliments and that conversation to keep to keep that part of the mind stimulated, to keep the oxytocin um, to keep the oxytocin uh, flowing, so to speak, and the dopamine flowing, so to speak. And um, a lot of that has to do with, you know, metabolic health, because the same hormone, uh, melanin concentrating hormone, uh, to be specific, that regulates a lot of the dysfunction that we deal with in diabetes is also um, the same site that oxytocin is processed in. Most of the, the receptors throughout the body for oxytocin, or throughout the brain anyway, are uh, melanin concentrating hormone neurons. So a lot of our self-exploration has to be funded by us and, and, and done by us because our bodies are unique across the spectrum of of all humans across you know across the board and we haven't really spent time exploring those differences the things that makes us different and um i kind of i try to spend a little bit of time in those areas because i noticed that most of the health issues that we deal with are in those gray areas right um the areas where you know this is not a Chinese issue. This is not a white person's issue. This is not, you know, and we don't spend the time or the money investing in that kind of self-study to figure this stuff out. You know, that's one of the things that blew my mind with diabetes was that it wasn't insulin or glucagon that was at the control. It was melanin concentrating hormone. And when I started talking to people about that, there was like full-time MDs and like, they was like melanin concentrate hormone. That sounds familiar. What is that? I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I expect that from the online community, but when I'm talking to MDs and they like, uh, refresh my mind on what is melanin concentrating hormone? Like, I'm like, yeah, see that right there? That's the problem. You're like, what's the, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, that part where you don't know what melanin concentrated hormone is. Like, these are literally the cornerstones to your neurochemistry. You got melanin stimulating hormone on one side, melanin concentrating hormone on the other side. And those guys play a key role in not just regulating the neurohormones, but then the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system, which, you know, kind of taps into the heart and how the heart regulates the amygdala. And that's where the emotions and, and, and that's where we get into the emotional spaces. So. I think a lot of that has to just do with our health. I think um, I think you two ladies like smushed together are like the perfect solution because sis is on the fitness and the exercising, and then you got sis on the the, the psycho uh, somatic and the and the emotional. But that's kind of how we got to approach it, and really, you know, we got to do all of those things. We got to do the emotional work. You know, we got to find somebody we connect with so we can talk about the shit that we didn't talk about since we was nine years old or 13 years old. And um, I don't really believe in hiring somebody to do that. I think that hiring, you know, somebody to do that unless they're coming into the space where 
you know, you need to have a family discussion. Like if you get a therapist, the therapist needs to deal with the family. I don't think that individual work does as much as family work. So you could do individual work, but your lady, your kids, like everybody should be there. You know, everything should be because it's almost like you still keeping those things secret. Like if you go share them with your therapist and then you come back to the house, <laughs> you you didn't the family don't know what you shared with the therapist. The family still doesn't know what areas you need support in, what areas they need to back up off of you and give you some space in and how to engage you into some of those more fragile places. And a lot of times when it comes to emotions, men are more fragile than women. You know, that's kind of where the balance is. Men are more strong on the outside, weaker on the inside. Women are strong on the inside, a little weaker on the outside. So you, you got to have that. I think that balance is required. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I like it. And what about you? What is what is your thought process, Myla, on great sex requiring emotional arousal? Like what what can women do for themselves to maintain that reception? Because if I'm not if I'm pissed off at a dude, there ain't nothing he gonna say that's gonna get me there mentally because I'm too in my head. I feel like a lot of it is we make we make permanent definitions on things that are temporary situations. So when we are sitting here and we're even talking about these conversations and my husband and I, we have this conversation all the time. When we first got married, we both had sexual trauma that we knew about, but we didn't know the impact that it had on both of us. So he's out here acting as if I'm temporary. So he texting people and I'm over here trying to figure out what's going on. And then I'm over here like you can't do nothing from the back because that's what happened when I was violated. Like it was literally this really big mon podge of like a mess. But what it ended up teaching us was when you take away this permanent definition on this temporary moment, I now give myself the option to create what I want something permanent to be. And something that Minister Inky just said that I totally agree with as a therapist is you can change a person. That person can go to therapy. That person can do all this healing work. But if the whole system is not going through that, it's only going to go but so far. So while I was sitting here and I was healing, my husband wasn't in the beginning. So he mm -hmm. had to be the one to kind of say, you know what? What she's doing is actually working. And she's telling me, I only got one more time to treat you temporary and you leaving. Okay, hold on. Let me figure this out. So we both was able to heal. So now he goes to therapy. I go to therapy. My kid go to therapy. And then we all come together and we do therapy because that's the foundation to sexual health in a relationship. That's the foundation right there is when I can know what I'm actually bringing to the table, what I'm feeling, my emotions. Like people don't understand you don't actually experience the situation. You experience your emotion. For example, you can be in the same car accident. The person could be driving. They can walk away great and happy and drive in the next 30 minutes. The passenger, however, however they experience that situation and their emotions of fear and whatever, they may never get behind the wheel again. It's because they experience this emotion. So I feel like as women, we need to be okay that we do have emotions. I know we talk about we're emotional beings, but especially black women, we pride ourselves on being this, re this resilient entity that can take anything and everything. I don't want nobody seeing me as this angry black woman, so I'm gonna bite it. I don't want nobody seeing that I'm this, you know, less than being strong and powerful. 
So then we don't even have these emotions, but we depend on our man to be our emotional balance. That's not going to work. <laughs> it literally got to start with me. I got to be the one that's making sure that emotionally I am balanced. So then I can connect sexually because sometimes what ends up happening is we got this wall and the man can be as emotionally available as he wants to be. He can let go his entire guard, but it's this emotional barrier that we keep putting up because we won't say this is how I feel. So I, I do agree that it starts with communication. You got to talk. I got to tell you what I'm feeling. I got to tell you what I want. I got to tell you my expectations in the bedroom. I got to like for me, I had to tell my husband, look, if it don't happen twice a week, at least because every day is what I want twice a week. If you ain't cutting it, then do we got to talk like really being able to have those really raw conversations, because if you don't, then you're going to open up the door for other people to be stealing your man and your female. Then now we got a whole nother issue and a problem. So I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm going to feel my feelings, tell you it's not your fault. Like there's sometimes I tell my husband, this ain't you, this past stuff. You just triggered something that I thought I healed, you know, so really just having those conversations. No, I love that. Uh, a lot of people suffer from PTSD in a lot of different ways. And in this particular way, sexual disorder is, is it's when I look at it in dating, right, because I'm a single female. So in dating, it comes across so rapidly in, in the way men speak to me. You can tell immediately that they've been hurt by a woman, what kind of woman they've been hurt by, how deeply they've been hurt, you know, because the, the level of aggression changes when it's like they're fighting against something when it's not even me. You know, it's like, I know I, my perception, I've triggered you, but now you're not even emotionally aware of what's happening within yourself but you're projecting and taking it out on me and I'm supposed to somehow still remember, <laughs> remain submissive and docile. And uh, really the word is meek. You know, I have to bite my tongue while you get through this and we're just dating. So, you know, uh, kudos to all those who have um, been able to support themselves and their partner through healing themselves so that they can be better one for themselves and two for each other. I feel like when it comes to that healing, though, like we have to understand that I tell people all the time, I don't spend my life with my husband. What do I mean by that? This ain't no cost. I'm not losing out on nothing. I'm building my life with you. That means that you got some material I don't have as we built this house. I got some material you don't have as we build this house and we're going to build it together. And there's going to be some parts that we may put it together wrong. Then we're going to demo that joint, fill the pain together. Now I'm going back to building. It's a space of, we got to be real with, excuse my French, y'all. I told people one day I'm going to be a pastor, but I say flowery words. Um, we got to literally deal with our shit. Like that, that's really what it is. Like at the end of the day, people think I'm crazy. Before my husband and I got married, first off, we didn't date that long at all. We were together for four months. He proposed at four months. We got married before a year. But our first Valentine's Day before we got married, I literally wrote out everybody I was with. And to this day, when I tell people that, he, they're like, why? I said, because at the end of the day, when we had kids, I want him to know the personality of who I was with, what's going on, why I can't do certain things, what happened when I was raped, me being exposed to sex at three. Like, he had to know this stuff about me. So when he married me, he know that there was going to be moments I'm going to say, hold on, boss. Hold on. You got to wait. 
And then he entrusted me with the same thing. Like, hey, this was my experience. This was my introduction. And I think because, again, sex is this, like, thing that we see all the time, we hear all the time, but we don't want to talk about it. We just got to go into it. Go ahead, Minister. I got a question for you. Um, When did y'all do that high level of sharing? Was that before marriage? Before marriage. After proposal? Nope. So with us, we knew each other for a while. And we did not plan on being married. Let's say it that way. Um, And we became like really, really close friends. And because we knew each other for a while. And when we came back, we built this friendship. I'm an open book anyway. Um, So we started to build this friendship and talk about our traumas. Talk about how we wanted to do things differently. And then it transcended into our relationship. So then once we got, uh uh-huh, go ahead. Can you tell us like, what is friend? Like this friend, I'm just, I I just like specifics sometimes because certain terms could be like, you say friend. Some of us think that that means y'all was having sex, but y'all wasn't claiming each other. Some people think that that means there was no sex involved. Like, so yeah, what is friend? Yeah. yeah, Well, when we were just friends, there was absolutely no sex involved. Um, We had connected together with this uh, ministry called Young Life. And all of us kind of came together as a group. So it wasn't just me and my husband. Um, It was us and a bunch of other leaders. He was actually dating someone that I knew. I had just got out of a relationship. Um, And when we first met each other, he was a leader and I was a camper. So I'm three years younger than him. So when we reconnected, we were leaders. Everybody was supposed to come together. And then I happened to be this crazy girl with three dudes all the time, literally. And that's kind of how it was birthed. So when we were friends, there was nothing sexual happened. Um, but when we did started dating, which is a funny question that you asked, we swore to not. Um, but let's just say if anybody know what being husband and wife really means, we were husband and wife the first night. Um, so, again, it goes back to that sexual trauma. And we had that conversation. And throughout the whole time, it was communication. It was like, hey, this is what I feel comfortable with. This is what I don't feel comfortable with. OK, this is a trigger. This is not a trigger. So we literally had to have a conversation like that conversation, even to this day. And we are almost nine years in of being married. It's still that ebb and flow that we just kind of created that foundation because we both knew that that was a trauma point for us. So we had to make it a thing, at least in our relationship. That's dope. Mm. I want to ask hey, the we're, brother. We're getting brother. ready to get to the point. How do okay. how do you instigate that conversation? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, because now now this is what she told us is a phenomenal way of what women tend to do. And I only say women because as a female who is dating, it is kind of a conversation. I'm like, okay, if you want to sleep with me, then we have to have a real conversation because that's sacred energy for me and for you. But it seems like a lot of men or at least the circles that have been addressing me haven't bridged that mental stronghold. So like, what's up with the brothers? When you say what's mm-hmm. up with the brothers, you mean um, that level of sharing, like Correct. that level of transparency? Correct. Um, I'll be honest. I think it's about, um, I would say, I'm trying to find the right term for it. I would say maybe sexual maturity. I think that all men have this, you know, we have a craving to to get our king thing out, you know. And so 
when we don't get to be the center of attention, men need to be the center of attention at some point. That, that's a rite of passage. It should be done in your youth at some point. You know what I'm saying? You, you should, you need to be somewhere where you can be the, the flyest guy of the whole, you know, whether that's in the chess club, whether that's, you know, uh, baking stuff or the baseball team, the basketball team, you got the hottest bars, but somewhere you need to feel like a champion. You need to be championed because if not, that's going to, that's going to happen later on in life. And then you're just going to have certain tendencies that, you know, so there's a space where once you hit a level of sexual maturity, you'd be able to be more comfortable in your own skin and you like, okay, well, listen, if this happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But listen, this is what I'm looking for. This is what it is. This is what it ain't. So can you rock with that? You know what I'm saying? Before we get in the bed, you know what I'm saying? Like, can you rock with this, that? And, like, what is it going to be? You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's kind of like for me, for instance, I'm freshly divorced. You know, I'm definitely dating, but I'm freshly divorced and I raised five children by myself. You know what I'm saying? It was six, but she got grown and she's out you know, doing her own thing. But I, I raised five little ones by myself and I have certain, you know, beliefs I'll put that prevent me from doing things that would make most women more comfortable. Meaning I've, I've lost a few relationships because I don't believe in babysitters. So you know, I'm not getting ready to hire a stranger to watch my kids so that we could go to the movies. That's that's probably not going to happen with me. So you you got to be comfortable with me and company. You know what I'm saying? And I got to, you know, come with that off rip before I waste your time and my time and let you know, listen, this what it is. They mama's a deadbeat, so yeah, but don't worry, I got them. We ain't looking for mama substitute, you know. We we Gucci, this is a unit. We we, we you know, we but this is just what it is. If I don't let you know a sister know that in advance, then you know, later on it's like, oh yeah, because you know, I already got 12 of my own babies, so I ain't really trying to have 17 babies, or you know what I'm saying, like. Whatever the case may be, you just got to be transparent. I think it saves, it's a time saver, you know, when you don't have that maturity and you really just trying to grab some booty and get mm -hmm. out of there, you don't really want to jeopardize the booty. You know what I'm saying? So it's you in that, still in that phase where say anything, do anything, fake anything, get the booty. Then after the booty, I don't care what you find out, you know, what you're going to do. Stop seeing me. Like I already had what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm already straight. But if you're looking for a long-term situation or, or somebody to quote unquote, build the house with, you know, you don't want to waste their time. You don't want them to waste your time. So you, you kind of lead with, you know, um, just you just lead with the transparency so that nothing pops up later on that's you know gonna set you back you know so i, I think it's just sexual maturity and um yeah I, i'll leave it at that i don't want to beat the fellas up too much i don't know already told y'all that the brothers got fake penises and all that for the night y'all loaded you know what i'm saying so <laughs> now now here i am telling you the brothers are sexually immature and you know so i you know i got to, i gotta live after tonight you know what i'm saying like yeah i gotta live after tonight 
So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We got stuff that we got to deal yeah, with. I, the brother. I, I, you know yeah. <laughs> Yo, this has been the Get On Code Show. The Fit Goddess Takeover. It's actually going to happen all month. She just kind of, yeah. She's like, yeah. Say Wait no. a minute. You thought it was look, yours. Look, look, <laughs> they, they, they getting me already. Talk about Inky punked out on the chakra topic. Listen, <laughs> I will suggest that nah, everybody. Nah. Well, that's. I would suggest everybody read the Upanishads. Upanishads is a great book for everybody to spell that. Any. You got to spell it. The Upanishads. Go ahead, put it in the chat, bro. You, put it in the you, chat. Oh. Put it in the chat. But I want to bring this to a close. I'm going to bring That's this right. to a close because I want to make sure we save more for later. You know, the yeah. Fit Goddess has a lot in store for us this month, and I want to make sure she gets her shine in totality. Or I probably yeah, won't too. ever stop hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, so you've been watching the Get On Code show, a show about empowerment, focused on black empowerment. And, you know, we had Fit Goddess running the thing. So Fit Goddess, last words, Queen. Listen, your sexual, emotional, and physical intelligence, or to wrap it all into one knowledge of self, is very, very powerful. The more you know about yourself, the more you're able to communicate with other people. Like the brother said, it's all about communication. Like the sister said, it's all about communication with self and then with the community. So we've got to amp up what we know about ourselves. It's cool. You know, self-exploration is the way to go. All right. Queen Malira Green. Yeah. What it do? Cool. What it do? What it do? Here's the biggest thing. It starts with you, man. Everything literally starts with you. And when we understand that, then we won't look for external entities to blame or any of that. Like once I know it starts with me, I'm going to want to get more knowledge. Once I know it starts with me, I'm going to want to heal certain things. I'm going to want to make sure that whatever I'm feeding my body, whether it's physical food, what I listen to, what I watch, who I bang with, all of that, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing it to my standard of excellence. So when we're talking about sex, chakras, and spirituality, it starts with you. Like each one of us have different beliefs. We just sat here and, you know, Minister Inky was trying to talk about his chakra just a little bit, right? But at the end of the day, I'm interested in knowing his take on it. I'm not going to minimize it. I'm going to eat the meat, spit out the bones because we all are, we all learn different. We all grab to different things. And once we understand that, then we can take ownership of our belief system, but then also respect our brother and our sister as they're going through their own belief system, which will also help with the sex, the chakras, and the spirituality. Brother Minister, Dr. Inky, what it do, man? Give us some, where, where the people can find you. Any last thoughts? Hey, they can always find me on the Crumb Network somewhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, I, I think it starts with knowledge. You know, that that's the first thing we need is knowledge. And then once we have knowledge, we can begin to experiment and, and cultivate wisdom and make some mistakes. You know, um, that's what that's how you learn. You know, you, you got to make mistakes. Now, the smartest people are the people that can learn from other folks mistakes. But it starts with knowledge. Then we make some mistakes trying to apply that knowledge. And that gives us, you know, some wisdom. And from there, we can go back to application again with better, you know, now that we've made a few mistakes and now we develop understanding. And once we have that, we start to share that each one, teach one. And now we build in the culture. 
And once we have a culture where everybody's sharing best practices, now we start to be able to refine ourselves and develop power. And, and that's what will translate translate into, you know, freedom and, and being able to build, you know, with sisters and seeing them as our equal. And then we really get into, you know, becoming gods, you know, and once we get to that stage, now we can, you know, really build out here. So I think that's where, um, you know, that's where it's always, that's, that's where it's always at. That's the basics. You know what I'm saying? For me anyway. All right. Well, you've been watching the Get On Code show. And as we end, I want to say salute to the sisters, to Brother Inky. I want to say sock passe. <laughs> yes. And we want to end by saying, hey, drink your water. Man. Eat your vegetables. Contact your people. Contact the elders. They miss you and they have something they want to share with you. And last but not least, we love you. Stay on code. Peace.